Hey, y'all. It's Shanira in my piece. And I'm so proud to say that this is now going to start the inaugural episode of season three of the Ask a Black Woman podcast. Yes, we've been going strong since February 2018. So I want to pause and say thank you, thank you, thank you for your listening, for your sharing, for your comments, and for supporting this platform. And now let's get into it with the Black Travel episode with Dr. Christopher Daniels. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to another podcast episode of Ask a Black Woman. Uh, we are already knee deep a month into the decade and the new year. And I have the privilege uh, to be interviewing Dr. Christopher L. Daniels um, from Florida Agriculture and Me- Mechanical University, as we call for short time on the line. Thank you for having me. Um, I just want to say hello to everyone out there, and, and I'm glad to be here. Man, I'm so glad you were flexible. Things got pushed back yesterday, oh, um, but I definitely, uh, definitely want to recognize the time difference here. I'm in LA, and uh, you East Coast, so um, I definitely want to move forward uh, with today's topics. You, re- um, your team, or I don't know if it's you sent out your own stuff, but uh, reached out to me with four different topic areas that, and, and interesting enough, have not been talked about on the Ask a Black Woman podcast, uh, but it's something that I've definitely addressed in my one woman show. Um, um, and in my one woman show, um, I did talk about what it was like for me living abroad and it was living in Europe okay. though. And, and so when you, um, I definitely want to talk about topic area one, the mystifying travel in the black community and if we can kind of divvy up the time with the area of topic four a little bit about international community building um in the black diaspora so yeah let's just kick it off with um the first topic i think is very central because i'm um, native of chicago product of the chicago public schools and i think i had a fair um split of uh, uh education but nowhere in my whole about 12 years of formal school did they stress anything about travel and so when I got to university undergrad at DePaul um, I would see you know signs for studying abroad but I still didn't have it in me to go travel and it wasn't until I took my first corporate job that I was thrust into it and again like I said Europe was the first place I went so let's talk about demystifying travel in the black community Dr. Daniels okay great um so yeah, so I mean, y- your experience is a very similar is an experience that most people have. So when international education as an industry started, I mean, like, like most industries, is it was started by you know majority of white people, um, and the majority of them wanted to take people to Europe. So you know it was created kind of as an elitist activity for you know kind of wealthier white kids from like Ivy League schools who went to Europe and you know did stuff like that. But over time, you know, um, as as more and more people started to come into the space, it started to become a little bit more competitive. So now people are competing for people, um, you know, for, basically for the same customers. So 
you know, mm. so that's that's when they started to reach out to, you know, African-American students and other people like that to try to get them to travel overseas because now people realize that, okay, you know, uh, these people also have money as well. But but mm. the destinations were not catered uh, towards the African-American audience. So, you know, mm-hmm. they're basically just saying, look, we're going to send you the same place and give you the same program that that you know we, we gave to the european kids not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with that it's just very it's just very interesting to see how they just really just don't even tailor they never have tailored tailored the program so because of that you know it's just it just never really caught on that much in the black community so many people just have not traveled um and that's why because because not that many people have traveled it's still kind of like it's still seen as like this like foreign thing really odd thing or something like that that not many people know about but ultimately at the end of the day you know there are a lot of black people out here traveling it's just that you know we haven't we haven't formed enough of a community so that's why it's important to have shows like this where we can talk about it because there's a lot of people out here traveling the world and i think there's a big 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 huge opportunity for us to um um for us to to, to you know to, to, to really continue this movement and expand upon it. I mean, I think you, you look at the, um, the, uh, oh my goodness, in Ghana, in Ghana, <laughs> the uh, year of the return. I mean, you saw, yeah. you saw how many people, how many people came uh, and traveled to Ghana over, over the holidays. I mean, it's just, it was just. Celebrities, even um, one of my besties here out of Los Angeles. Everybody. Uh, uh, everybody. People was in Ghana like it was Atlanta. I mean, like every every yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. was there, you know. The new <laughs> right, you know? So what I'm saying is, I mean, that's the potential we have, though, because listen, at the end of the day, you know, these the, the world is ours, and I think that's what that's one thing. Like, you know, being in America, sometimes you know we just think like, okay, we're in America, we're stuck here, but no, the world is ours. You can go anywhere in the world. You can go to Ghana. You can go to uh, Kenya. You can go to South Africa. You can go to Dubai. You can go to China. I mean, you can go anywhere. You know, maybe maybe not not maybe maybe you don't want to go to China right now with that Corona corona thing going on, but <laughs> okay. after they get right you can go to china you know but uh you know but anyways though i mean it's a big world and i think you know especially as african-americans one of the things that we don't realize is how powerful we are on the culture around the world african Man. african-american culture is global black culture no matter where you go around the world they're listening to our music they're dressing like us their hairstyles are like us. Everybody around the world wants to be like us. But guess what? We ain't making no money off of it. Man, <laughs> listen, I remember when I first moved to Ireland many years ago mm-hmm. and I took the bus into the Stevens Green Mall area and um, going into the mall, the first thing I heard, like when you walked into the mall, was a Snoop Dogg song, <laughs> Express and Burn. Right. They didn't even like edit it out when it was bumping loud. Oh, it <laughs> right, right, right. I, it just blew me away. I was like, you don't even understand. Matter of fact, when I uh, I remember when the my the office assistant came to get me from the airport and everything, and Jillian, you know, we were speeding through the streets and stuff. You know, my eyes was wide open. And I saw a billboard with Mary J. Blige was going to be in concert. And I was like, Mary J. Blige in concert? Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. And, and listen, going, listen, I was at that concert. I made sure I was like to see an artist overseas. That was a new concept. So I ended up seeing like Angie Stone over there, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Alicia Keys in Italy. That blew my right. mind. Like we say that music is global, but you're right. Our people go 
they be everywhere. We everywhere, and they 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 into our thing all over. But you're right. We need to capitalize. Right. I mean, and, and it's just it's just about you know it's not about being you know selfish or greedy or anything like that. It's just, it's just about creating the it's about creating an economy for ourselves and creating independence for ourselves. You know, uh, Ooh, that's important. Man, put pocket that, pocket that, because that's our topic. Too. Oh, yeah, right, right. And I definitely want to get to that. I definitely want to get to that. That's, that's real true. Exactly. I want to talk about that um, before we jump, um, jump off the bridge and get about to be Mr. Behind the Black Bubble. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, like, my roots as a, a girl from an adult on the South Side. And I think about how my young mother at the time... <laughs> Uh, the summer that we graduated, I graduated, not graduated, um, finished this grade, excuse me, and we were moving to the north side. That was a big deal. And I remember my some of my best my homies back back then uh, telling me, hey, girl, I'm about to move to the north side. And it, us having this big old crying moment because she said, move to the north side, around all those white people, and you're not going to have no friends. And just knowing that we have such we had such a block and it's still kind of a block just to work areas within our, within our own city so we don't even do that much so going outside the country much less all the way to africa is a huge thing it's like how do we progress beyond that i mean that's still real yeah because you are you with the show the shy at all yeah i am i am and you've seen now like the, the kids when they took them downtown to like the museum and stuff and they were like they had never been downtown yeah exactly exactly they like 12 years old like, that's real it's real it is, it is real I, I mean you know that's uh, 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 something I, that, that I always tell people I'm like listen man it's a lot of people who never even left their neighborhood or even they side of town let alone going to another city another state or another country so I mean, it's just, it's just a big, big, big jump. I mean, most Americans have not traveled at all. I mean, uh, I think only like 20 or 25% of Americans even have a passport. So that's all Americans, not just, you know, African-Americans. So it's just like travel is just something that's not that big amongst Americans because it's just not. So, you know, I think the biggest thing is just seeing people who look like you doing it. Um, and then that, and that just inspires other people. And that's what I realized is that, you know, once people started seeing groups of black people traveling, they're like, well, wait a minute, they could do it. I could do it. And then all of a sudden now they want to travel. So, and that, and now that, you know, and and, and that's the biggest thing. So it's very, very important. That's why, you know, the, that's why I'm thankful for platforms like yours, uh, other platforms that, that put it out there so people can know like, Hey, there are black travel groups. There's black people traveling. There's a lot of things out there. Um, but people just don't know about it. So, so they limit themselves because they're, you know, and, and, and this is, you know, makes sense. Obviously, you know, you wouldn't want to just pack up and go to Africa. Maybe you like, okay, I want to go with a group or I want someone to help me plan, you know, something like that. So, and there's a lot of people out there who can do that for you. Um, and they can really make sure that you have a great experience. Mm-hmm. What, um, I, you know, what it, what it is promising, I think about uh, one of my college friends, long-time college friends, uh, we we laugh and joke about um, the younger generation within her family. So her son, Amari, oh God, he was born the year Obama first became president. So Amari is, what is this? Amari's going to be 12 this year. Wow. That can't believe that was long ago. Yeah, like, 12 years. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Time flies. Amari, so on the cover of her book, she released the book, um, 
2018, September 2018. That was a monumental year for her in a lot of ways. One of the things uh, that on the front cover of the book is a picture of Amari looking at the Eiffel Tower. So uh, they were, it was a sad, a mixture of sad things because this was like his um, father was very sick and had passed. And so they were commemorating that. So they had, they had, they traveled all over the doggone world together. And um, I remember uh, when she sent me the picture of, of them, you know, when they were oh, oh, traveling all around the world. And I was like, man, Kara, like that's tripped out. Like your son is 10 and he's, he's in Paris. You know what I mean? Right. Like she just a chick from Inglewood, California. You know what I mean? Right. Like at 10, like for me, it's like, oh, if we went to freaking uh, Great America, uh, you know, right, you know, doing north up around north chicago that was a big deal or going down to west virginia in the summer um so at least i think for you know the adults the parents and so on uh them expanding their horizon and realizing if they take their children out the country that's going to really impact the uh, impact before right. they were just like so much broader uh, definitely 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 one of my homies, he, um, a couple of years ago, too, uh, we both got uh, accepted to a program to teach abroad in Thailand. Okay. He got the full scholarship to go. I didn't, so I declined it. <laughs> the homie Binky, he been living over in Thailand for the last four years. Oh, he ain't coming back. Uh, <laughs> man, listen. And he, got, he found his tribe over there, and it's a whole bunch uh-huh. of blacks in Thailand. That's their whole little thing. Yeah. And so we had Expanding their risk promise. No, nah, it's, it's definitely. I mean, it's definitely promising. Like you said, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into you know area four. But I mean, there, it, the key one of the our, one of the keys you know to demystifying. So we're still going to demystifying theme. Is that mm-hmm. so? If if I go to Thailand or I go to Colombia or I go to another country and I see, hey, there's other black people here also, that demystifies mm-hmm. it. So it's like, okay, well, there's other people there. You can get on YouTube and. You know, kind of look at videos and see. Okay, it's a couple of black guys out here, a couple of black women out here. I, I can rock with this. Let me see their input. I mean, it, it, it just as long as there's somebody you can identify with who's there, it helps to demystify the travel. You know what? Speaking of that, I hadn't even thought about it until we get the, the rock rapping in this talk here. It makes me think of um, this this series by Dr. Henry Louis Gates. Okay. I, I end up watching it. It's on PBS. Yes, Wonders of the African World. You know what I'm about? Wonders of the African Cause World, cause it, or something like that. Man, listen, it was like ten parts to that joke. Right. Where he went to all the four corners of the right. world, and it was black people everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> right. Uh, Mexico, like, yeah. like stuff I didn't know. Here we go. He's like, he was deep off into like the country, mm-hmm. and there was whole towns that was named after uh, the African ancestors, and even though they speaking in Spanish. And, and, and but they they but they emphatically saying I'm black like they right <laughs> kind of stuff we is everywhere if there's if it's a if it's a tribe on the moon we that's right huh ah, I guess that was so he did some and I appreciate right. stuff like he that he did that, that, that was some serious stuff man. That was a great, that was yes. a great documentary. Mm-hmm. So I'm a pivot in the middle of this. I just, I'm being a little bit uh, different today because um, we kicked off right into the subject matter. 
um but definitely want to um let this be a moment for you to go into just a little bit about your personal background uh why is mr daniels qualified to even be here on the podcast besides his um credentials etc um he is co-founder of the motherland connect so go ahead if you could tell me how um tell the audience you know your whole uh connection with that go ahead a little person okay yeah so so this basically kind of kind of just a little bit about, about myself um i went to howard university i got my phd from from howard in african studies and then um after i graduated from howard i started teaching i started started teaching actually african government uh in the african studies department at georgetown and then after that i started teaching at famu um so i've been i've been taking people uh i've been taking groups to africa since 2011 so i've been doing it for about nine years now so um over the years i've really learned a lot and i've seen how much it's grown like when i first when i first 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 started doing it it, it was very 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 difficult to get people to go people were like oh, mm-hmm. i don't want to go or you know that nah. i was one of those yeah people. exactly like, <laughs> it's a, a true confession here like you went i'm not sure how familiar you are with chicago the scene there but i come from trinity united church okay the same church mama got married and was there from before you blew up and stuff and um real pro-black within a very white denomination if you're, if you're familiar with Dr. Jeremiah Wright. Oh, yeah. Um, very prolific. So, I mean, I was learning my heritage as a black woman for real, for real, as an adult, because again, it's not something that's taught really in the public school system like that. And even with all of that, I was um, uh, uh, with the with the theater company. I'll never forget Miss um, um, Brady. She proposed that we begin to plan to go to Ghana. She was so insistent about it. And it was like talking to a brick wall with me. I, at that time, right. that was like years ago. I did not mm-hmm. didn't get it. So I see why when you said, you know, you start this about nine years ago, um, not many people were down. Because I have to admit, and I didn't get it being myself. So you kept on in there. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and, and that's the but but that's that's the that's what is to be expected, right? I mean, and that's that's the way we've been taught. Um, so you know. I think I think the biggest difference between then and now is this technology. So now people can see what it actually looks like over there. They've seen other people doing it. So now it's like they can't lie to you anymore, right? So it used to be when you thought of Africa, you thought of people with flies on their face and like hungry kids, and, you know, all, you know all these terrible things. But now you're saying, whoa, look at these beautiful pictures of beaches and nice cities and you know cultural things and this, that, and the other. You're like, wow, I actually want to. This is actually something I want to see. Cause a lot of people, I remember people used to be like, you know, they. I used to say, they used to be like, I want to go on vacation in Africa. There's nothing there, and I was like, man, <laughs> you just don't know, you know, no. you just don't know. So you know, it, it it really just took time, but really, the 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 biggest thing that really kind of helped it helped it get to where it is today, is the fact that you know we did a great great job of documenting everything, taking pictures, mm-hmm. videos, and then you come back and share those, and people are just like, oh wow. That's amazing. I never yes. knew this, you know, and that's really, mm-hmm. and that's really something that's 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 been really, really amazing. Very, very, very positive. So, uh, it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. So, Mother Land Connect is nine years strong. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, then, um, and let's talk about like you, you, like you said. And I know my friend Christy when she hear this, she gonna be like the real H. <laughs> like, she's, she's alone. Got her. So, um, you know, uh, you know, the fact that you even had the mindset to go into going to school for that, you know what I mean? Like, 
especially you know I, I I just don't recall people trying to go in to study that in great detail. Right. But most of us is trying like for me they you know the push for me was going to something that's surrounded by money so by trade by formal education mm-hmm. it was finance and right exactly exactly <laughs> like get paid that was the whole, the whole mantra exactly no nah, I mean it's 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 normal you know what I mean that, that that's that's the way we, we've been educated um but for me I was just like look man I just want to do something different man I, I, I want to go a different path I mean with, with with the with the level of education that I had. You know the talent I had in school, I could have like got like an MBA or you know something else or whatever you know other degrees and been probably making a lot way more money than I am now. But you know, ultimately at the end of the day, you know I just wanted to live the type of life that I wanted to live, and I felt like that was the most important thing. So I was like, I like I love traveling. I want to spend a lot of time in Africa. So hey, why not get my PhD in African studies? So that that's what I did, and I really enjoyed the program and Howard. Howard is a, an amazing place, you know. Not, 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 not to plug it too much, but you know, I guess <laughs> got to plug Howard. One, wonderful place. I had a great, great, a lot of great professors there, um, and I think the best thing about it was being being a minority within my program really taught me a lot. Ahem. Let me interrupt. When Dr. Daniels talked about being a minority. In a program at Howard, I had an aha moment. I hope you learned from this just like I did. All right, so in African studies, there weren't very many African Americans. Um, even though I was at what? even even though I was at Howard, right? So it was only a f- what, huh? there weren't very many African Americans. Like what 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 one thing that's really interesting is there's not that many in African studies there's actually not that many African-Americans who are in that area. It's mainly, it's mainly people who are from Africa and white people. Um, yeah, so like if you go to, like we go to like the African Studies Association uh, meetings, you you won't see that many African-American people. Like I'm one of the, one of the few um, who are actually, who are actually in that discipline. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. That's a very, very, very interesting thing. So in my program, uh, it was mainly people from Africa. So, you know, just being in that position and really being able to learn from them and their experiences just taught me a lot. And it also gave me a lot of connections. So that, that that's, mm-hmm. that's you know, where how I ended up becoming so connected on the continent. And hence why I came mm-hmm. up with the name Motherland Connect. Um, because, you know, basically... That was the best right. then. It wasn't like a reunion. You have to be... Exactly. And, and that's what you want. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that that's, that's what you want in education. You want to be outside of your comfort zone. So you have to relate to other people. Um... And once you do that, you really realize that there's so much you can learn just from being around people. I mean, part of school is learning from your professors and, you know, reading books, this, that, and the other. But the bigger part that a lot of people don't talk about is the amount that you can learn from your colleagues. Um, You can really, really learn a lot from them and their experiences and their life. And it really helps enrich you as a person. I'm going to ask you something not so informal. Let's see. Have you ever lived in Africa, like, for an extensive amount of time, or you, you just do the travel? Program? So, the longest I lived, I lived in um, in Africa was in Lesotho, and I lived there for four months when I was, I did an internship with the State Department. So, I was working at the embassy there. Um, so, that, that was a good experience. That was actually one of my, one, one, of, one of my highlights of, of, of my travel experiences 
was spending that amount of time over there. Um, I haven't had a chance to, to get back at that at that length because I've, I've always been teaching, but I'm mm-hmm. actually planning at some point to, to, to spend at least a year or so um, overseas or in, in, in either South Africa or some, some country in Southern Africa soon because I really, really enjoyed actually living there. I mean, traveling is great. I was just about to ask you that. Has it even crossed your mind just in the like slightest bit that you might think about relocating to live? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could. I, I mean, it, it's just I'm I'm more so so me. I'm more so on like the global citizen route. So it's like okay. it's not like no right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm more on that. Like, okay, yeah, let, let me go over there for a year or two, do this, and then maybe come back and do this, and kind of go back and forth. It, it, um, but you know. What's interesting is it, it just depends because a lot of people end up, what, what ends up happening with a lot, a lot of people I've seen is that, look, they go over there, they end up getting into a, you know, a good opportunity and they just stay. Um, because yeah. the good one thing about Africa is once you're on, you're on. Um, like it takes a little bit of time, you know, to kind of kind of get get on and find something. But once you're in there, you're in there. And especially, you know, kind of having some outside connections and having some, you know, access to some resources. You really can do a lot of things. Like a lot of people end up going over there, like opening up like businesses, like a coffee, like something simple. You go there, open it up like a coffee shop or a clothing store or you know just whatever you know any type of little business. Um, and mm-hmm. you know you're just making a nice little living for yourself. You decide to stay. I mean, this is a lot. I hear mm-hmm. stories about that all the time. Um, people just are are they end up you know doing some type of contracting and then some people you know uh, they have. Uh, ways where they can make money like remotely, like so maybe like they do like online retail or they have real estate mm-hmm. or something like that. So you could actually live a better, you could actually live a better life a lot of times in Africa than you could back in America. Um, be- That's what I follow a couple. They go by the name there on YouTube. Um, they go by the, their their online name is called Native Born. Okay, yeah, I think I've heard of it's them. The Native Born, and they uh, they're at Connecticut. And they have, uh, shoot, they got a five. Uh, but listen, packed up, they have been in Ghana. And they, they've they been there for, they had been in Ghana for a little while. And then recently they packed up and moved to Thailand because one of their kids has some kind of breathing disease. And they, they were like, you know, we're going to go get some holistic remedies. They had research, but they're like a nomadic family of African-Americans, but the fact they packed, so their kids are living like this. This is all they keep their young kids know. It's fascinating. And um, just following their whole path for a little while. And they give you literally the, the, the real, the, the very, very highs and the lows. And uh, how, how, like they're not doing the whole romanticize. I think there's a danger of people um, not being realistic about what it's like to go over right. there, even though it's like returning home. Right. Um, but they are I think it's real beautiful what they what they putting up and stuff. Like they talked about how somebody broke in their house, yeah. uh, or like trying thinking you found like a good deal to live in an area because it was so cheap. But security is a big deal, mm-hmm. and they talked about um, how hard it it could be a little tr- um, troublesome trying to be over there. But again, like you said, once you're on, you're on, and um, and they make their money from uh, working online too that's how it's working with all the children right yeah i mean it's 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 important it's important for people to be real like so i I think i think i think that's that's what kind of happened like so like you know like 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 the first generation of people who kind of went kind of went back to africa i think a lot of people kind of had 
kind of unrealistic like expectations and this that and the other like you know obviously we are of African origin but I mean you know we've been we've been in America for a long time so we're different people um, it's not saying anybody's better than the other it's just that there are differences but but those are easily you know workable differences so you just have to find find that middle ground and also you have to remember that look you know a lot of these countries have a lot of poverty a lot of issues a lot of problems so you're not going to just walk over there and just walk into an opportunity I mean, you're gonna have to mm-hmm. you're gonna have to create your own opportunity. So a lot of us coming from America are used to jobs and thinking about jobs, but mm-hmm. there, there ain't no jobs over there. Like, there's, you know, very few jobs. So if you're an entrepreneur, yeah, then then it can work. Or if you have your own source of income from this side, and you don't need any money on that side, then it also can work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's really that's really the main way. So people who are considering like you know uh, moving overseas or going to another country. I would strongly encourage them to make sure that they have some type of entrepreneurship skills and have some sort of some some sort of revenue coming in from either online or rental property or something that you know can be done remotely and then you know then kind of go through the process of getting getting involved in something over there and then after they do that then they'll be fine um but it's not easy so I think this I think that's definitely something that a lot of people will share um people who are honest about living you know what is one thing to be on vacation and you know you're staying in hotels and you know they're making sure mm-hmm. everything is comfortable but you know when you, when you mm-hmm. get out to these other areas and you know electricity goes out for you know and then mm-hmm. and there's no wi-fi for days and like you know this i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's just a different world you know what i'm saying uh-huh. you can't get stuff done you know the people you go to the office because you need to get paperwork and then the person not there you know just all the all the just difficult things you know so uh you know, you don't want to romanticize like one of the it. things that, the, that somebody said, I, I'm in a, a Facebook uh, uh, group about going to Ghana and stuff, and somebody was saying, like, you know, uh, about paying the fees to get in and stuff. They was like, listen, you're going to have to pay people. Right. Like, you don't even understand what that means. Right, right. You know, if you want things to move, you have to pay. And we're not used to that. We're used to process. Right, right, right. Even if it's tedious and it's long, but we know the scope of things and there's we follow steps and we want to be direct. And it's like, eh, that's not necessarily how it's going to go over exactly. there. So if you, you have to be gracious. So, but um, definitely want to kind of what you said about how important it is to have an entrepreneurial lifestyle like if that's not what you already into over here if you used to your bi-weekly check right um that's gonna be a rude awakening like you have to have a hustle and i think if we have to if we look at foreigners over here right, right. They, i mean the week because america makes it difficult for hard-working people that ain't um naturally uh, born citizens to be quote-unquote legal here right but they ha- they work so hard to survive in this country um, but they have a hustle mentality and they have an entrepreneurial spirit anyway. But the adverse is not so much. So how how would we hack it in another country, particularly Africa? That's people cannot gloss over that at all. Right. I mean you have to like I said, you gotta you gotta be an entrepreneur. So if you the minute if you're so if you're an entrepreneur the minute you walk in any African country, you'll see there's money everywhere. Literally money everywhere, everywhere. Because everything that they don't have is an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So you, you're complaining about the Wi-Fi not working. Well, think of a way to, uh, excuse my language, think of a way to fix the Wi-Fi, you know? If, 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 you know, coming up with solutions to all these problems equals money. I mean, it's called opportunity. 
opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Amen. So you have to look at it like that. I mean, and then it's also just this is an abundance of opportunities. I mean, you can open up lots of businesses. The thing about it is, you know, uh, what people don't, what a lot of people don't don't realize is that people will find money for things that they want. So you think, okay, these people are poor; they don't have any money. Man, listen, people find money for it. So you know, if you're selling clothes, you're selling hair, you're selling this. I mean, just even little things like. You know, people who do hair and nails and stuff can go I'm over there. I'm about to say, like the hood, like we look at the hood in a certain way, but there's millions of dollars in the hood. Millions. All day. This young couple out of Philly, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dana Chanel and her husband, Prince Donnell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, they will tell you in a minute, like if you make a, the hood got money, you walk out to your, your corner and it's little uh, market, you got the bodega in there, you yep. got the laundromat, mm-hmm. you got the coffee shop. It's, 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 and these businesses don't, and the liquor store they they don't go out of business I don't care who in office etc everybody exactly. owning stuff and the tax preparation business like that's what's always going to be necessary the hood got money always got always so, so, so that's the same so that's basically the same thing worldwide so basically mm-hmm. no matter where you go basically every single day every single person probably spends some money on something so it's just about you getting some of it. That's basically what it comes down to. So how are you going to get some a part of somebody's money uh, every day? So you got to have that hustle mentality. So if you want to be a global person, if you want to be a global citizen, that's essentially what 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 you need to do is be able to figure out a way to make money in any situation, right? Or or you don't have to do that, or you can just set up an automated self you know self running business in America. And just relax over in Africa. I mean, you can do that too. You know, so you might be like, look, man, I'm not trying to deal with African people and, you know, da 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 da. I don't want to deal with that. So, all right, we'll just set you up in a, 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 some sort of business in America that, you know, is, is self sustaining, you know, runs online or just whatever. Something that can be done remotely. And, you know, and then just live over Africa and enjoy the profits. I mean, because you got to think, you know, with the exchange rate. I mean, if you make, you know, four or five grand a month in, in America, that's, you know, that's decent, you know, decent money, whatever. But mm. over in these countries, I mean, that's a lot of money. So you, you, you're yeah. be living good. So, you know, you don't, you don't even have to mm-hmm. set up. Like a lot of times people think like, okay, you know, I have to set up this remote business where I make a hundred thousand a month or 20. You don't have to do all that. I mean, you make, you can make four or five grand a month. You can live fine. Great. <laughs> I was about to say sometimes we, and it's listen, you they say shoot for the for the for the, the moon, it's okay if you land around the stars. Like, yeah, we can shoot to be the millionaire. Right. But what if, if it, but a thousand ain't bad. Yeah. And if you could if you could come in a quarter meal, would you not be all right? You know what I'm saying? That's cool. That's cool too. Listen. Give me some of that meal right I'm trying now. to tell you, man, a lot of times a lot of times I'm telling people it's better to be financially free and financially unstressed than it is sometimes to be rich. Because sometimes being rich, the stress that comes along with that and the pressure that comes along with that, you don't really want. You know, I mean... I could be an obscure, obscure $250,000 there. I'm cool with that. You see what I'm saying? I could be like, like, like the, the, the hands behind the puppet. I'm good. Good with it. I don't got the famous, but I'm good. Good with it. I mean, I'm not That's a lot of people can do. So, you know, th- these are just things that people... So, anyone who's thinking about kind of making that move, I, 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 I would really encourage them to look at, look at two things. Either setting up an operation here, a remote operation here, or going or going into entrepreneurship. But if you're gonna go into entrepreneurship over there, you gotta have some partners in that country. So you gotta know somebody. You gotta have some people you can trust, some people you can work with. You gotta make some trips a couple of times. Exactly.
Exactly. So you got to develop those relationships. That, that's a good segue, Christopher. I want to make sure we keep in with your time, honey. I, I'm not trying to cut you off. I want to uh, I want to segue into the whole uh, financial part right here. That's really key uh, about uh, specifically about how to empower in the diaspora, right? Right. Because uh, it makes me think of a group I was a part of when I was still in Chicago called Circle Fabu, okay. um, where the emphasis was on language, mm. right? So there are different languages because, of course, <laughs> the colonizers, uh, they all came and basically chopped up Africa. And so you got, you know, uh, some of our Africans that can speak Portuguese and Angola, mm-hmm. you know, like the French-speaking Africans, etc., which was what we were about, the Franco part. And uh, realizing that language connects us because we don't, we look like each other, but we don't speak the language and stuff like that. And so, you know, to to do business, that's a, that's a barrier Mm -hmm. that can let it down too. Um, And, and, and that was the other thing because uh, within our group, the, our leader had connections with people. Like there were people who were really trying to do business over there, but they were really gung ho about learning language, any components. Um, about that maybe in your motherland connect program that speaks to the language portion in terms of getting people to connect on a financial basis seeing that connection absolutely um so um you know the the, the thing i tell people is there's there's a, a variety of things that you can do so we actually we actually had i've actually had several groups of people study zulu um you know that's one of the dominant wow. dominant languages in uh in southern africa so they all study you know they study huh. zulu and the interesting thing about about uh, I'll say Isi Zulu to, to, to pronounce it properly, um, you know, once you learn that language, it's like a deri- like basically all the other languages, n- not all of them, but many of the other languages are like derivatives of it. So you can speak Siswati. There's uh, there's a, other, a lot of other languages that are very very similar. Um, so once you learn that, you can kind of move throughout Southern Africa with that language, and then also that opens up a lot of doors because one thing about language is. Even if you're not that proficient in the language, learning the language makes you proficient in the culture because every language mm. has a culture, right? So mm-hmm. the way we communicate is an indication of our culture and the way we view people and the way we view things, right? There's a certain, mm-hmm. there's certain things that you say in English that you would not necessarily say in other languages because it will sound rude or disrespectful and, mm-hmm. and vice versa, right? So that's why it's important to learn languages you know, some of us are not like linguistically inclined people, so it's hard for us to actually speak the language. But just learning a little, learning a little bit about the language teaches you a lot about their culture and how they view the world. Um, so I always encourage people to do that because it helps with business. I mean, if you just greet someone, I mean, you know, people understand you're American, so they know you speak English. Mm-hmm. So even if just a slight greeting, you know, here words here and there. The, the basic courtesies. Good morning. That's it. Thank you. Really, you it's simple. If you could just greet someone in their language, it just shows that you have respect for them and you have respect for for their culture. Um, and just a little thing like that can really go a long way. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that, you know, um, like I said, if we stick into the money situation, Nate, um, if you could think of what what's one way that, let's say somebody, an um, uh, African-American is listening to the podcast and this is kind of like igniting them to consider, uh, you know, moving their business abroad. Like another Facebook group that I'm really big on is Arsha Jones. Um, she was out of D.C. Her and her husband, and he rest in peace. He recently deceased. Mm. Uh, but literally, they had nine to five um, black love, a couple 
and bite. I mean, everybody got two for business now, but they were like one of the first ones to do a dig and hit that million dollar mark. Right. And so they had so much knowledge to impart that the Facebook user they they it's so much knowledge being passed around within that group and all that sort of thing. Uh, one of the things I don't hear much about though, however, is making money abroad. And so what is one of the first things you would like, if they were listening to this, I share the link with that group. Um, what, what, what's step one for them to even think about like, okay, if you, if you want to do business in Africa, what would you tell one of the American entrepreneurs to do? I mean, so the first thing, first thing I would tell them to do is, I mean, the, the, besides deciding what country, is try to try to find some type of partner who they can partner with in that country to teach them the lay of the land, because basically, like okay. you know, these are just very, like, 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 it's just like you know, they don't have like clearly developed rules and laws like this should be this, and like, a lot of countries they just don't. So it's really just a lot of ad hoc mm-hmm. things. You just kind of just got to know. You got to know somebody. Um, I mean, I was pretty much like that anywhere, but you know, uh, especially in particular in a lot of African countries. So I would say try to find some sort of like on the ground partner. And then find what you're good at, right? So, you know, what, what is something that you're good at that you feel like you could you could sell to the world? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just a lot of opportunities. I mean, one 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 opportunity that it always is just mind boggling to me is that there are no I've never seen any like soul food restaurants overseas. Like shut the front. Never, you never see them. Regular American soul food joint. That's a niche right, right. there. Boy, I'm saying if you know how to cook. Are they gonna fry some catfish? You understand? You know what I'm saying? The way we do a little baked macaroni. Something. I mean, you just never know. Like, I mean, like, look, Chinese food got us. Chinese people got us eating their food. I mean, what? Well, well, right. Who knows? I mean, if, and if someone ends up liking it, you can create a humongous industry that only our people can capitalize off of, right? So I mean, bring that mumbo, DC folks to bring mumbo sauce to the motherland. Chicago folks to bring that mild sauce. Exactly, nice. and then and the thing is, you know, a lot of times people are just, you know, not not saying they're afraid, but it's you know worried about it. I'm just like, look, man, just give it a shot. Um, I mean, it's just so many things. I mean, a lot of, like I said, most of the culture, most of the culture that you see over there is kind of emulating ours. So, I mean, I think a lot mm-hmm. of hairstylists could do very, very, very well over there um, because you know the quality of like hairdressers and whatnot is nowhere near what it is here in america um mm. so you could go over there people can go over there like um and really know how to style wigs and you know dye them and that's not the other you, you gotta mm. remember you're in countries where the majority of the population is black women so you have millions and millions and millions of customers you know clean up. you can clean up oh. I mean, you can really, 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 really clean up. I mean, just anything. I mean, I'm saying you got to think we're black people. So we know how to provide services to to each other. But what I'm saying is those same services are also needed over there. And you could go over there and make money doing it. It's just you just have to just be a little bit more innovative. Like I said, you just have to go there with an entrepreneurship mindset. It's not it's not going to be any type of like, oh, I'm going to go there and like try to find a job. Like you make you could possibly find a job. But what I'm saying is the, the. that's just that's not really the route you want to go the route you want to go is like, trying to get into business in right i mean and you you want to go there and create because basically what 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 what, what people do is the groups that are groups that are successful internationally mm-hmm. what they do is someone goes there and starts a business they then then what do they do they hire three or four of their own people the business expands mm-hmm. and guess what now five six more of them come and then next thing you know it, they got 20, 30 of them there and then they keep expanding and expanding. I mean, that's how you do it. You can't do that by getting jobs. 
Like it's only it's only so many jobs. Like you know, if I got a job, I might be able to get like one of my boys on. But you know, that that's that's mm-hmm. about it. You know, it, but but if you have your own business, you can hire as many people as you as, as the market. You know, as the market can can support. And that's what that's what that's right. what other groups do. They come here, they open up businesses, or even in Africa, same thing. You know, in the very like different African people go to other African countries and they start businesses and then they bring other people from their country to work for them. And then it just expands and expands. And that's how you build your community is through entrepreneurs. That's the only way to oh, do it. You know what? You just, man, you made my mind go left. Speaking of, talking about other people going to Africa and starting their businesses, how China, yeah. damn their own, you know, yeah. what's your take on that, Dr. Sam? I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a very, it, it's a real situation. I mean, even, even when I was working there, I, I mean, I, I, it was it was mind blowing because you would go in like the most remote and rural places in Africa, and you would see a Chinese person opening like a little shop. And then, but but here's what happens, and this this is what I keep telling people. I've, now I've seen this with my own eyes over the last you know ten or so years. Them people who started off in them little raggedy shops, now they got mm-hmm. big shops looking like Dollar Generals, and they making money. You know what I'm saying? It, you just have to start somewhere. They start somewhere. They, they make a little bit of money, they reinvest that money, next thing you know it, they're good. And they're living well in these countries because, it, you know, they, they were willing to go there and take that risk and take the chance. And what I'm saying is other people could do the same thing. You just have to just be willing to step outside your comfort zone. That's And that, that that's really the key to it. Listen, y'all, listen, Dr. Daines and dropped like 30, 30 11 um, gems on here, man. <laughs> um, he's saying, do it, Okay. Um, black travel has been demystified here. Amen. Amen. Um, you feel me? But he's saying how, you know, Chinese people that went over there in the most remote places, opened up a little hole in the wall, boom, expanded um, to, to uh, African-American entrepreneurs. Um, he's already dropped down and let y'all guys know that um, uh, basically there's a niche for us to go over there and do service our own people so he's like listen don't nobody can pretend like us you know what i mean go over there and start up and get the hair business crack up. Mm-hmm. um and be patient but just know that it's possible oh listen you hearing it that this is a man that's connected i.e motherland connect <laughs> uh, oh this is a real thing um and then just um expanding your mind to uh to the language aspect too um, and then making sure he says you have to have a business partner to give you the lay of the land. So, as we wrap up, um, I'm going to do something I call rapid fire. So that means I, I throw out the questions. Don't think too hard, Doc. Okay. okay. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like these are like it's. it's dropping gems on the people and everything um to give them some takeaways from the whole conversation all right i'm ready here we go um what's the last book you want to um that that really changed your uh life or that you think of um um, instrumental for anybody listening to the podcast that they gotta read okay so i'm i'm reading a book right now about cannabis and sustainable development very 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 interesting book and it's basically talking about how you know, are the, the hope of cannabis and how it could potentially help developing countries that have a large agricultural-based economy. Um, it's just really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. So people who are interested in, you know, the cannabis industry and things like that, 
it's a very it's a very very interesting book i'm actually gonna be writing some i'm actually gonna be writing and doing some research on it as well um so 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 just look out for that um because that's gonna be one of the big things yeah send me the link if you post that article online and then i can put it in the um, comment area when i post this we'll do uh, we'll do we'll do for sure yeah what's the do you remember the name of the the name of the um the author of the book so that people can uh, look Uh, it's a it's like a it's Hold on. Let me see if I can find. Is it a word book? I don't know if you need to pull it Let up. Let me see here. Because I know with the way I be, I be actually killing books on audio. So I always have to go to my Libby uh, app. Right. It's a, It's produced by like a like a think tank. It's not like a indi- oh. like a, not like an individual okay. author. It's like tw- okay. 12 authors. <laughs> but it's... um. Okay. But it, it was produced in Vienna. Vienna. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. It's... Um, let me see here. I can find it. Ooh. Can't find it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll repeat the name out. You said what was the name? Cannabis again? and Sustainable Development. Boom. So Dr. Dash is saying that you need to go listen to that book. I know that's the hot big trending thing right now, whatever. But and unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't read. Right. Like um, they 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 get the uh, what they call it the 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 broad titles, the clickbait, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you probably heard this old um, adage, you know, in the past: "He who reads leads reads." Period. Point blank. Exactly. You feel right. <laughs> right. Um. Okay. So let me ask you another question. Uh, um. For first comers, first um, newbies going to Africa, what would be um, the, what, what I think I have an, an idea with how you um, what place you would say, but what's the first place you think that, in your opinion, they should go to? I mean, it, it's, it's it's tough. Um, so I like quick answer, quick okay, answer. all right. So I'll, I'll always say time. South Africa is an easy gateway country to Africa because it's, it's, it's not that it, you know, because it's modern, they have a lot of things going on there, so it's very easy to kind of get around there, um, even if you don't have a lot of connections. Um, so South, I would say South Africa is definitely a great, great first country to go to for your first time to Africa, because it's very, very, very easy to get around there. Um, it's not not a difficult country to, to operate within. Mm-hmm. Okay, so South Africa is the gateway. Okay, fine. great. I was wrong. I I thought you was just gonna say Ghana. <laughs> so I got to ask the question. All right. You know all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> now let's talk about. Um, Okay. Um, I think it's important that people have just a kind of a gauge as to who runs things or knowing their history. Um, any uh, African leaders that stand out in your mind um, that would be something for me, even myself to listen to or um, or um, read up on? Um, I mean, I always always listen to um, always read a lot of books by uh, Julius Nyerere. He was a very very good leader, former president of Tanzania. Um, what, what, what I like about his books is that he's a very good teacher, right? So a lot of politicians are good speakers, but they're not very good teachers, right? So so what, what, what he did was he did a great, great, great job of explaining his theories on African socialism, right? So, you know, and, and whether or not, you know, I tell people whether or not you agree with socialism or not. What I always, what I really always enjoy um, is reading people's philosophies on different types of government, right? Mm-hmm. So he did a very, he does a very, very, very good job in his book. It's called Ujama uh, Essays on African <laughs> Socialism. Um, it's a very, very good, very, very solid, very well-written book that just explains 
the mindset and the thought process behind socialism and why he believes that Africans are naturally socialist. Um, and this is, this is a very, very interesting book. Um, another one um, that I found really, really interesting was uh, The Green Book by Muammar Gaddafi, um, where yeah. he just explains a different thought process of governance, right? And mm-hmm. and basically, you know, he, he, his, his thought was he felt like representative democracies, meaning that countries where you elect people to go to office and they speak for you, he felt like that's wrong. Mm. He feels like people should mm. speak for themselves and the government should come to the people. And that's how they should come to conclusions on what on what, you know, what should happen within the country. So, you know, mm-hmm. he, he basically proposed a very, very, very unique style of government that pretty much encompassed everyone, all adults, um, and, and everyone had a chance to put their input in. Um, so the Green Book is a really, really interesting book to read. Um, it's just a philosophical thing. So I'll tell people, like, look, if you just want to learn about, you know, different African political philosophies, these are two good mm-hmm. books to read because they're coming straight from African leaders themselves, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's their words, um, themselves and it's really really interesting so those are two books that I always suggest people uh, check out and read if they really want to get a good insight into like African governance and, and the philosophy of African governance I, mm-hmm. I think that's really important to read something straight from their lens everything that we have over here is filtered through an American lens exactly. it's going to be cleaning it's going to go through some processing it's going to be watered down and so I'm gonna add that to my list because I be in my stuff over here. Exactly. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. Are, are there any um, um, media platforms or people that you follow um, yourself um, that that would be a good, you know, educational thing for me and the listeners to follow? Like I, you know, in addition to like I said, I follow uh, Native Born online. I follow. Uh, there's actually I just started following uh, Blacks in Japan. Okay. Uh, so I'm always fascinated about us being everywhere right. around the globe. Any others, um, particularly since this is really about us being connected to the motherland. Um, anything come to mind? Right mm, I'm trying to. Since we're in the social media age, you know, like literally, I live on YouTube. I feel like it's a part of the great platform. Right, right, right. right. So, I mean, it's just so many. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to say. I mean, it's so many. Uh, it's so many people. You know, but but one, one thing, one thing that I really wanted to do. And I, I've been talking to one of my partners about this. I really want to start like some sort of like black expat association where all blacks who are living overseas are connected like through like one common platform. So whatever country you may be in, if you're in Japan, you're in Thailand, you're in this and that, we all can, you know, you can go to that one common site and say, okay, when you go here, see these people. When you go here, see these, like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, I think we, we really yeah. need that. And then it could, it could, it could, it could go from that to other things. Because I know there was one, you know, we, we had actually talked about it. Um, I, I ran into these guys. Uh, I'm trying to remember what what, what, the, what their Instagram names are. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. Ah, let me find the Instagram names. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, okay, so anyway, let, 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 while, I'm, while, I'm, while I'm getting their Instagram name, let me tell you the story. So basically, so basically okay. they, they drove a, a forerunner or like a Land Rover from Kenya to Cape Town, right? So from Nairobi, Kenya to Cape Town, South Africa. That's that that's forever. It's very, very far that's forever. That. So basically, so basically, what, what what their objective was was basically to take pictures of every single African capital along the way, right? And 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 also in addition to that, what they did was what what they were working on doing was creating a book, like a travel book, 
for people to know, like, okay, if you go here, stay here. If you go here, eat here. You know, like a like a traveler's guide. Because basically, like, you know, most of these places are so, like, off the off the radar. I mean, you went to, like, Zambia, like, in the middle of nowhere. Like, where would you... You wouldn't know anything. You know, you wouldn't know where to stay. Right. You wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know anything. So, what, what I told him was, I was like, man, you know, you know what would really be dope if we made all of this and we made it all black-owned. Like, okay... You know, if you wanna if you wanna go throughout Africa and you wanna eat it and you wanna support nothing nothing but black owned businesses, mm-hmm. you know, this is the book for you. Or this is the website mm-hmm. for you or whatever, you know, like however we you know, whatever platform the African version of the Exactly, exactly. Amen. Exactly. And 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 that's what and that's what we're looking to put together, you know, because ultimately at the end of the day, um, you know, that's what we have to do. It's funny because, you know, things like Airbnb started off as things like that. They were just small communities of friends who, who, were, who were like, hey, listen, I, I, I was reading the story or, or listened to it on the radio. Basically, Airbnb started because they were having a conference and there weren't enough hotels to, ho- to house everybody for the conference. It was like some type of like engineering conference or something like that. So someone came up with the idea like, hey, instead of, since people can't find hotel rooms, let's just rent out rooms in our house or couches in our house. And then somebody was like, whoa, that's a good idea. And then all of a sudden they took it to the next level, next level, next level. And then you have Airbnb, which is like, you know, what it is today. Worldwide. You know, so what I'm saying is that can be the equivalent for black people. Like, hey, you know, ain't nobody doing all that disturbing work. You see what I'm saying? And and, and that, that doesn't can that doesn't can exist because ultimately at the end of the day, a lot of people do not, you know, some people like Airbnb, some people don't. Some people have experienced racism or Airbnb. Um, or other, you know, other platforms, not, not the necessarily, you know, pick on Airbnb. But what I'm saying is, you know, these communities weren't necessarily created for us. And what I'm saying is we can create our own communities that are tailored for us, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 benefit from that. So these are type of this is the type of thinking and, and thought processes that we need to start developing um, in order for us to create these communities. Because, you know, we're, we are everywhere around the world. We just don't know where, where each other are. And we don't know how to support yes. each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're doing all right with the rapid fire. <laughs> so it's, um, this is not necessarily rapid fire, but this is like literally taking home even a legacy with the, with the listener. Um, where do you see... Um, just in general, I'm not sure how you want to cut this question up. You can answer it in terms of travel or just in general. This is what you do for a living. It sounds like, you know, a lifetime station. Or, um, what do you feel the state of um, this black American? You know what I mean? Like, where are we headed? What's your take on that? Um, I mean, I, I think I think we're in a good stage um, just in general because I think people are becoming more conscious of what it means to be black and what it means to and w- the predicament that we're in and and the fact that hey we, if we don't support each other we're going to continue to be you know at the at the bottom end of, of our society um so you're seeing there's a big 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 movement for, for black people to support each other we just don't have as much as many platforms and many things but it's coming uh, this you know the generation now coming up and this, this kind of next wave you know uh, of people are really, really socially conscious and they care about who they're spending their money with. All right. So, mm-hmm. so as long as, um, as long as, you know, uh, 
the business is pr- providing a quality service and doing what they're supposed to do, people are going to patronize them, right? So mm-hmm. I think we're headed in the right direction. Now we just have to take those same things and, and globalize them, right? And then that's when we really start start seeing the prosperity, right? So when we start supporting each other in our own cities and starting to build up, you know, strong, like, you know, black metropolitans, like, like Atlanta, for example. You know, Atlanta mm-hmm. doing very well right now. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of black mm-hmm. people are going there. You know, doing very, very well. A lot of businesses are able to be very successful. You know, because because the great thing is now, you know, for a long time people have been afraid to like open businesses that just cater towards black people. But now people are realizing mm-hmm. that look, you can make as much money as you want to make just selling stuff to black people. Like you don't even have to, you don't even have to sell stuff to other races of people. So you can just say, look, I'm only selling to my people, and I'm gonna make enough mm-hmm. money doing that. So. And, and, that, and that and that gives you a different level of freedom now because now you can be yourself. You don't have to worry like, okay, I want to make sure I cater to these people or that people. Da, da, da. You can just say, look, I'm catering to my own people, and that's that. That's what it is. So, you know, a lot of people have found success uh, tapping into the black niche market because we have so much disposable income now. Um, we a trillion. We might be what fourteen percent of the U.S., but we got trillion dollars a year in spending. Exactly. Power. So just think about that. I mean, like, this is a lot of money. A that. That's a lot of money. And then what I'm saying is now, you know, people like, you know, and, and it's people, it's people, oh, it's people doing it. I mean, a, you know, Akon, you know, creating his own city, other things like that. I mean, who knows what's going to come from that. But, you know, ultimately, there's people who have that bigger vision of taking this global economic power or the, the are taking African-American economic power global. Um, and when that happens, I'm telling you, it's going to be a very, very, very powerful thing. And you're going to start seeing people really, really, really uh, changing their lifestyles and changing their, their perspective on the world because now, really, literally anything is possible. Answer my final question inside of that. <laughs> what was the take home? Like, I always say, what's an action item for people to do? But you answered that within that question. So, man, it's been, a, it's been, it's, you a part of the Ask a Black Woman fam. <laughs> Okay. Um, um, yeah, I've, it's been a blessing uh, to have Dr. Christopher Daniel <laughs> as a guest talking about travel, particularly for Black people in the diaspora. First time having that topic here, and um, drop those handles in the website um, um, for the people. Of course, I'm gonna put it um, in the link with the website uh, with the podcast. Maybe finding you. All right, so find us, find us on Instagram motherland connect underscore um also same thing on facebook and the website is www.motherlandconnect.org so definitely definitely link up link up check us out let's let's make a trip together let's see the world together let's comment on our pictures all that good stuff man let's go let's do it hey because i gotta get my tail over there too let's go whenever 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 you're ready to make a trip you just let me know you got my you got I'm my email. Hey, I'm I'm sitting here soon. Let's go. Uh, let, let's go. I'm gonna send you a flyer with all the trips. Let's go. Let's just pick one and let's go. <laughs> all right, Dr. Daniels. Thank you so much for letting me steal um uh, a part of your precious weekend time. It's seven thirty your time again. I don't take that for granted. Okay? Now definitely appreciate it. I'm 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 grateful that you had me on the show. I really I really enjoyed it, our conversation. This show. All right, blessings to you. And until next time, peace, everybody. All right, peace.